because it's in your heart, isn't it? Yeah. I, 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 just, I, I just thought that tonight, that thought really struck me, that there's real worship in this place. Yeah. And so, worship team, I mean, you can go and all take a holiday if you want. You know. It's not going to stop these people worshiping. They're going to go for it. Um, so, I, I find that really refreshing tonight. Thank you for your, such a kind welcome. Uh, and, of course, thank you, uh, Pastor Dan, as well. He's one of the very few people I know who can, who can light up a room and who just makes everybody... It's, it's really annoying, you know, because, <laughs> because everybody just likes him right away. Have you noticed that? And he's like, he's got this very disarming thing, you know, even, even when he... He'd be a great undertaker with Dan, you know. <laughs> I mean, you'd be happy about the news because Dan just told you, you know. Uh, honestly. <laughs> but it's honestly so good to be with you tonight. Thank you so much for your welcome. Now, uh, I've got a dodgy voice, so I, I was actually preaching in my own church this morning, and I lost my voice about three quarters of the way through the message. Well, I didn't lose it completely. It was still there. I mean, I'm a, I'm a preacher, so I'm going to battle through. So I'm hoping that uh, it's going to be okay tonight, and uh, if you're a praying person, you can pray that God will just sustain it uh, for at least the next three and a half hours as we go through this message. Nice to see Mark Hutton as well, and these guys. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. These guys have been serving God for the last 300 years. And <laughs> honestly, these guys are just such an encouragement to me. Thank you for all the encouragement you've ever given. And you just are just amazing people. Good to yeah, see you looking so right. well. Yeah. Right, you ready for a little bit of something from the Bible? Yeah. Yes. All right, well, uh, here's the title. It should be on the screen there. Uh, who do you say I am? That's, a, that's, the, um, that's one of the, the theme of what I want to talk to you about for a few minutes tonight. And I'm going to try to behave myself as much as possible for the, sake, so for the sake of my, no, for the sake of my voice. <laughs> if I get anointed, I'll, I'll try to calm it down and all that, you know. But um, that's the title there. Question, it's a question that Jesus asked. And I'll, I'll give it a little context in a moment. But he asked that question once. And I, what I'd like you to do is lodge it in your mind. Okay, so who do you say I am? Now, let me ask another question while you're just processing that in your mind. How many extroverts do we have here tonight? Would you put your hand up if you're an extrovert? Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. Put your hands down. We've heard, we've heard enough from you now. Okay. Okay. Now, how, how, many, how many of you would say that you are an introvert? Would you put your hand up? Okay, great. And half of you who are introverts didn't raise your hand because you're too introverted to do that. Okay. And, and then, well, the, so for me, uh, I, so people get surprised when I tell them that I am actually more of an introvert than an extrovert. People think that, the, you know, because you stand up on a stage and you preach every now and then that you're somehow an extrovert. But I'm much more of an introvert. I much prefer small groups of people, four or five. Uh, and what I really love is being on my own. Um, <laughs> and that's even better. How many of you know that, right? Um, I don't do so well in large groups. Thank you very much. I don't do, I don't do so well in larger groups. And then the whole extrovert, introvert thing, I've, I find that all, it can, it's not always as simplistic as that because you can have introverted extroverts yeah. Yeah. and then you can have extroverted introverts and then you can have intra-extroverts and extra-introverts. <laughs> I mean, we're getting too complicated now. But, but it, you know, the, the point is that no matter what your personality type is, uh, part of the challenge of following Jesus is that there are some times when God requires us to get out of our comfort zone. 
So if you're an introvert, you've got to think, what does that mean for me? If you're an extrovert, what does that mean for me? Sometimes the challenge of following Jesus means speaking up when you want to be quiet. When, when you want to be quiet, the challenge is God says, but you've got to speak up. And then sometimes the challenge is that when you want to speak up, God says, no, but I want you to be quiet. And it's about listening out for the voice of God. If only, if only we would just take a little moment to listen to what God is saying, it would save us all a lot of hassle. How many of you know that tonight, right? Um, and so tonight, it's this challenge here. I think that this challenge of what Jesus asks here is more the former than the latter. It's the challenge of speaking up when you might want to be more quiet. Now, let's give this a little context, and let's go to the Bible. Let's go to that next slide there. Uh, Matthew 16, verses 13 to 16. Uh, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, uh, he asked the, the disciples the question, who do people say the Son of Man is? Now, the Son of Man, for those of you who are familiar with the language of the Bible, the Son of Man language is a reference, essentially, to Jesus' humanity. Uh, you know, when, when you hear the language of Son of God, that's a reference to his deity. In other, in other words, the fact that he's not just human, but he's divine. But here, Jesus is talking about himself just as a bloke. And he asks the disciples this question, who do people say the Son of Man is? In other words, it's one of those questions, hey, what do people really think about me? Now, very often when you hear a question like that asked, uh, you often think, well, it comes from what? Insecurity? Or maybe a little touch of paranoia? You know, when somebody says, hey, what do people think about me? You ever, you ever wondered that as well? You ever, you ever gone to a dear friend of yours and said, like, can, I, can I just ask you something? What do people think about me? Well, they think you're weird. I, I think... <laughs> Well, I thought that myself. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like you know, but, but when Jesus asked this question, you see, he's not asking it out of any sense of uh, insecurity or any sense of paranoia. But when he's asking this question, it's, you see, he's having a little Q&A session with the disciples. I picture it that they're having a barbecue. Or they're in Nando's, because obviously they've given into the, the offering uh, as well. And they're, they're in Nando's, but they're having a barbecue. So he's just there, and he's chilling with them, and he says, he's, he's having a Q&A. Jesus is asking the questions, the disciples are getting the answers. Who do people say I am? And then the disciples give a bunch of answers. Verse 14, well, some say you're John the Baptist. That's a funny one, isn't it? John the Baptist. thought he'd lost his head. Oh, no, some people think uh, John the Baptist got his head back, and he's absolutely fine, and they think you're him. <laughs> some say you're John the Baptist, and then some others, uh, some others are saying, oh, he's, he's Elijah. The fellow's Elijah, without question. And then some others are saying, no, 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 he's not Elijah. He's Jeremiah, you know. And then others are saying, oh, no, he's, he's, he's a, one of the Old Testament prophets. I mean, they're just, it's like a lucky dip of prophets. They're trying to you know, think about Jesus is. So it tells us that the people, they, they think that Jesus is a good guy. They think that he's a man of God. They see something of God on him, but they're not really getting it. And you've got to remember, this is well, you know, Jesus' ministry lasted, what, three, three and a half years. This has got to be about the three-year point. So if I were Jesus, I'd be getting a bit worried at this moment because I'm thinking, I don't think the message has got through yet. I've been trying to teach these people, and nobody's got it. They think you're a, you're a really great guy. You know, you're a man of God, like a prophet, but that's about as far as it goes. So in this little Q&A session, as they're having this barbecue, 
I can picture the drama of the moment where Jesus allows for a little bit of silence and he's just cooking the steak or something because he would have done that as well. He was not a veg... Anyway, let's not... not do that. Okay, he was cooking a, a, you know, a, a carrot or something. You know, just to please everybody on the barbecue. And he's there and he leaves a little pause and he says, hmm, hmm, yeah. All right, fellas. So that's what they're saying, is it? Oh, yeah, Jesus, the prophet. Oh, Jeremiah. Uh, he says, all right then, fellas. Well... What about you? The killer question. What about you? Who do you say? What a question. That's the killer question, isn't it? Who do you say I am? Now, I want you to notice something about this. And this is very, very significant. And you can see the verse on the screen there. Verse 15. He doesn't ask the question, who do you think I am. He could have asked that if he wanted to. He could have said, who do you think I am? But that's not the question that he asked. If I, if I come to you and I say, you know, if I come to Pastor Dan and I say, what do you think about, what do you think about my message? Then Pastor Dan would be very wise to say, well, give me a few weeks to reflect on that. Because <laughs> that's what thinking does. Thinkers think. So it takes time. You've got to mull things over. And then you come back with an answer after some time of reflection. But that's not the question Jesus is asking here. How many of you know that there are sometimes, and this is going to offend all the intellectuals amongst us, but sometimes God doesn't even give you any time to think. I mean, in fairness, they've had three years to think about this, so let's be honest. But he doesn't ask, who do you think I am? And he doesn't ask, uh, who do you suppose I am? That's not the question he asks. Who do you suppose, or who do you presume I am? Because the challenge with a question like that is that the answer tends to be quite spineless and gutless and convictionless. And the answer tends to be, well, I'll just, to please the old boy, you know, I'll just tell him what he wants to hear. Who's ever told somebody just what you think they want to hear? And I'd be honest with me, just to get them out of your life for five minutes. Oh, I think you've got a great heart. Christians say that, you know, you couldn't sing to save your life, but you've got a great heart. God bless you, you know. And, and you know, but that, that's not the question Jesus asked. He didn't say, who do you think I am? He doesn't ask, who do you suppose I am? And uh, here's one that's going to offend even all the theologians among us. Uh, he doesn't even say, who do you believe I am? He could have asked that. Could have asked that. That's true. But he didn't ask that. Because, you see, that would be a theological question. Who do you believe I am? And then, of course, what we might do is we might go into the, the Hebrew of the Old Testament and, you know, and into, into vines, because, of course, that book was around then as well. And, you know, and, uh, and we might go into, well, Lord, I've consulted my systematic theology, and I think I've concluded that if this happens here and here and here and here, then I think there may be something to you. Uh, I hope you're pleased with that. I mean, I mean, that's not the question that Jesus asked. It, it, this question fascinates me. Uh, I felt it was like significant. Who do you say I am? Are you are you with me here tonight? Not not. He's not. God is not asking what you think, and he's not asking even what you believe theologically. But in this, there are some moments. I and I've discovered this in my own life. There are some moments. Where if you don't answer there and then, you've missed the moment. There are some moments that God presents to us. They're like Kairos moment. Kairos is that moment that God is passing by 
and he's popped in for a barbecue into a live church in Hyken. And he's asking a question that he's not going to ask again. Who'd you say I am? So the, the idea of who do you say I am, that uh, really is demanding a verbal response. There's, there's got to be an instant re response. I'm, I'm not giving you the luxury to go away and think about this, or as a pastor, and I'm sure Pastor Dan and Pastor Mark over here have got this. In the Christian world, I've learned to read the Christian language. Christian, Christianese is a very... There's tongues... <laughs> And then there's Christianese. So if you're a pastor of a church and you want, you know, you want, oh, there's a, we, need, we need more people to serve the tea. And you go to Mrs. Johnson. Mrs. Johnson, would you, would you, and if Mrs. Johnson says, well, I'll pray about it. I, I've learned to understand. That means no. Are you with me? Oh, I'll, I'll pray about it. I'll go and, I'll go and pray about it. And, and it sounds like a super... That there are some times when God, and this is going to sound really offensive, but God doesn't even give you a chance to pray about it. It's like, it's yes or is no? What's, what's your answer? Who do you say I am? Who do you say that I... That's what they're saying, but I'm not really that interested in what they're saying. Let's focus on you fellas. Who do you say that I am now... This is the part where Peter steps forward. Oh, don't you love Peter? I really like the character of Peter. He's the fellow who's always messing it up. How many of you here have ever messed it up? Just keep your hand down, right? That's all of us. Great. Fantastic. And Peter's always messing it up. He's the guy who says the wrong thing at the wrong time. Who's, who's ever said that the wrong thing? And, and he, even Peter said sometimes the right thing at the wrong time. You can even do that as well. You do know that, don't you? Peter was putting his foot in it all the time and messing it up. And, um, and so the disciples are having this barbecue. Jesus is personalized the question, who do you say I am? It's a powerful moment. It's a gravitas moment. The Son of God is speaking. The disciples are stumped. And then steps forward Peter, hey, I know who you are. And the disciples are thinking, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Peter, stop, stop this. You're going to get yourself into trouble. You've got a habit of getting yourself into big trouble. So just, just step back now while the going's good. Come on, step back. But Peter steps forward. And what I love about this moment is you get the sense that it's not an intense moment. So here's the deal. Peter comes forward and he says, I know who you are. Jesus. I know exactly who you are. <laughs> he says, you're the Messiah. Mm -hmm. You are the son of the living God. So all those other people, they think that you're a man of God, but I, I know the secret. You're not just a man of God. You are God. That's who you are. <laughs> And what I love about this moment is that it's for, nobody's ever made a statement like this before in the whole Bible. But there's a beautiful lightness to it. You would expect it to be an intense moment. Oh, Jesus, I've got a revelation. You ever met a Christian who's got a revelation? I've just had a download of revelation. I want to impart it to you now. They well, let me, I'm going down to Starbucks. I'll see you in about three hours. And when you've imparted your revelation, I'll get the bullet points afterwards. You know, some, Christi some Christians are awful intense now. Come on, aren't, aren't, aren't we? Eh? Or a Christian who's got a word. I've got a word. You've got a word. I 
fella, I was in a meeting once and I was awful tired at the end and a, a fella came to me at the end and he said, do you have a word for me? And I was so tired, I was very cheeky. I said, I do, close your eyes. <laughs> and he put out his hands in the songs of praise formation. I said, uh, what's, he said, what's the word? I said, read your Bible. <laughs> and I walked off. <laughs> I'm a very cheeky pastor, you know, I really am. See, what I love about this moment, Peter's making a big statement. This is, one of the, this is probably the biggest statement that any human being's made up to this point in the Bible. Old Testament and you, huge. You're the Messiah. What's that mean? You're the fulfillment of everything that the Old Testament spoke about. And you're the son of the living God. You, in you, you are here. You are the real deal. But it's a light moment. It's not intense. And I love that. From Peter the fisherman, the guy who's always messing it up. Hey, listen, if you've messed up, there's still hope for you, friend. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, there's still hope for you, because it might just be a word from God into their life. So then, let's go on to the next slide, shall we? we have a nice... So then Jesus replied, uh, oh, Peter's standing there. Peter's dead, proud of himself. Oh, it's great, isn't it? Look, I just... <laughs> and then Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Peter's standing there, and he's like, oh, I'm good. He's not, now don't let this go to your head. This was, this, you, you're not smart enough to have said that, <laughs> Peter. Uh, just a little moment of sobriety here. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, and you certainly didn't, you know, you certainly didn't discover it yourself. You didn't read about it because you don't need to do any reading. He said, uh, this was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. Yeah. You didn't make this up yourself. The only reason why you've said what you've just said is because the Father has revealed it to yeah. you. And then he says, and I tell you that you're Peter, you're Peter, yeah. you're a rock. That's what Petros means, rock. But ah, on this rock, what well, not the rock of Peter, but the rock of revelation that Peter's received, on this rock I'll build my church. Not even the gates of hell. Oh, there ought to be a big hand clap in this place tonight. Not even the gates. Oh, come on. Not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. And then he says, I, I wish I had more time to talk about this. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be loosed and will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's a whole sermon in itself. Now go back to the previous slide, will you? you see, it's the statement in verse 15 that I want to just focus on because I felt that it was appropriate. So who do you say I am? So that's, uh, that's what they're saying. But what about you? Yeah. Who do you say I am? In other words, in this moment, who do you say Jesus is? I'm not, I'm not talking about a sentiment. I'm talking about what's really going on in the depths of your heart. Say what you see. Who, who remembers uh, Roy Walker? That was my dad, by the way. <laughs> he wasn't. Every time I see an Irish guy on the TV, I think, that's my dad. <laughs> Is Roy Walker still alive, by the way? I don't even know. They're all, anyway, I don't even know anymore. Sorry, I got distracted there by catchphrase. But that's what they used to say, wasn't it? Say what you see. Just say it. Yeah. <laughs> are you with me? There are sometimes, you know, some of you are reluctant. Well, I'm going to need to go and think about this. Oh, I'll pray about it. You'll never say it then. That's the problem. Just say it. Just say it. Now, let's go on to these, those other slides that I put up there, if you will. <clears throat> Who do you say I am? Here's some contexts. 
What about when life gets challenging then? Are you, are you still with me here? Can you yeah, give me another few right. minutes? Right. What about when life gets challenging? Who do you say I am when you're going through challenges in life? Huh? Yeah. Who do you say I am when you feel like really overwhelmed? Who here has ever felt overwhelmed? Who's ever felt a bit fed up with life? And then, and then if you'll go a little further and get a little more honest, who's ever got to a place in your life where you're a bit mad at the Almighty? Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then you pray, yeah. and in your prayers you're trying to be respectful. Lord, I thank you that you're the king of all kings. Thank you, that's good. But I've got some issues here. And if I were you, <laughs> if I were you, what a statement. If I were you, God, <laughs> right? If I were you, I'm not saying I am, I wouldn't go that far, but I'm just using it as an illustration. If I were you, I'd kill my neighbor because they're making too much noise. <laughs> I'd hang my husband over the flames of hell until he gets saved. That's what the old Irish ladies used to pray for their unsaved husband. Lord, may he not eat, sleep, or breathe. <laughs> They will, don't, don't pray that too long because he may not be around for too long, you know. But uh, what about when life gets challenging? Huh? Who, do you say, who do you say I am? See, easy to stand in, when there's some great music. And didn't these guys do a great job tonight? I mean, how amazing is that? You're a blessed church to have these guys. And, and it's easy to come into a great atmosphere like this, into the, what's this, the windmill? Yeah. You know, and have a cup of tea before the service and meet some friends. And then you're all ready to worship and you raise your hands. I feel, I feel good. <laughs> Sometimes that's how we come into the presence of God. I feel good. Like you've got a pay rise and, and uh, you know, and you've had a good week. And I, oh, I think God's worthy of my praise today. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, uh, and it's easy to praise God then, isn't it? But I'm talking about when life gets challenging. When you're going through poo. Are you with me? Can I say that here? Who do you say? I am? You know, one of the things I've discovered in my life, there are sometimes, I'm going to let you into a big secret now. I'm a pastor. And um, that's not my secret. Timing is everything, okay? Actually, I'm not really a pastor. I'm a, I'm a terrible pastor. Huh? But there are sometimes I go to church, and, and, and I'm not enamored to be there. I mean, you've got to act the part. Oh, praise God, praise God, you know, and do the bunny hop and everything, you know. And make it. But I'm thinking, I've got some issues with the Almighty here. I'm not altogether happy with this, you know. But then, so, so I find in my life that if I simply worship and my worship is based on my emotions, then the challenge with that is my worship's going to be up and down. I'm going to be brilliantly worshipful one day. And then, and then... Maybe the next day I'll be like down in the dumps and I won't feel like worshiping. So this is where as Christians we've got to get some maturity going on. Who do you say I am? When we confess who he is, then our worship yeah. is not flowing out of how we feel, but my worship flows out of what I know. Yeah. I may not feel that he is good, good all the time. But I sing it because I know oh, yes. that he is good, yeah. good right. all the time. So I may not feel it, but I know it in the depth. Yeah. I better, oh, I know it in the depth. I'm trying to protect my voice here. If you don't like the anointing, you are glad to be here tonight. And if you do like it, I'm sorry. 
It's like I will worship on the basis of what I know. Yeah. I know he's good. Yeah, so when life gets challenging, I say, you are the Lord. Yeah. You're the right. king of kings. Yeah. I love you, Jesus. You're, you are the Lord of my life. In the good days and the bad days and the challenging times when life is wonderful and when life is not wonderful, you're good. And God is at work. One of the names of God, I don't know if you've ever known this or not, in the Old Testament is Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> you look it up yourself, the NIV, the North of Ireland version, is right in there, okay? <laughs> fellow called me up one day. I remember a lot of years ago he called me up and he said, Pastor Roy, Pastor Roy, pray for me. He was absolutely distraught. He said, I've lost my job. And I said, uh, no, you haven't. And he said, in a moment of bewilderment, he said, he said yes, I have. <laughs> I said, no, you haven't. And he said, uh, yes, I have. And I said, no, you haven't. And he said, yeah, he said, he said yes, I have. And I said, no, you haven't. And the, the poor fellow gave up and he said, well, he said, well, what's happened then? <laughs> and I said, well, you, I said, you, you're just transitioning to a new yeah. phase in your life, aren't you? <laughs> oh, he said, that's amazing. <laughs> wow, I never said it like that before. He said, what does that mean? I said, it means you've lost your job. <laughs> Sometimes that's the point. We hit a snag in life. The very thing that you thought was the source of your security suddenly is rocked. Question, who do you say he is? Who do you say I am? That's what he wants to know. Not on the basis of how you feel, not even on the basis of circumstances, but on what you know. I know you're the Messiah. I know you're the Son of the living God. Anybody agree with this tonight? Well, what about, what about another one? Can I give you a few more of these and then we're done? What about when temptation strikes and nobody's watching? You can hear a pin drop now, couldn't you? What about when you can get away with it? What about when you can get away with it and nobody sees? I, I was telling some of the students this morning, they can't believe that I was a student once, but I was about 300 years ago. And I went to, I went to, came to, to England to study. My, my parents insisted on driving me from... Uh, Ireland, all the way to England. The worst journey of my life. Mother cried the whole way. And then father was saying, you're going to be all right, son. And I'm thinking, I know. <laughs> and you get back to catchphrase, dad, as well. You know, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> Can we have fun in here? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. So we did the long drive, and we got to my room. And then I wanted to sort of discreetly get out because this is my new life now as a student, you see. So I said, look, bye-bye. God bless you both. No, we're coming in for a cup of tea. And mom says, and I'll help you unpack because I packed your underpants or something like that. It was something like that. So, <laughs> so they brought my stuff in. And then, of course, they unpacked my bags and mom was standing there. And, of course, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Empty nest syndrome. Oh, my word. And then it came that moment, that fateful moment, and mom said, well, I guess this is it then. 
And she starts to cry and she hugs me. And then my father said, I guess this is it. That's like a funeral. <laughs> and you know, you're, you know thing, something's wrong when your father begins to cry. He hugs me. And then they went out. And I could see them leaving from my room. And they got into their little red car. And they drove out of the car park. And then they went over the hill. And as they were driving over the hill... I saw the car disappear, and as soon as I saw it disappear, I went, yes! <laughs> yes! Freedom! <laughs> and then, do you know the thought that came into my mind? You can do whatever you want now. You can do whatever you want. Because uh, mother's not there to breathe down my neck anymore. Father's not there to say, well, I want you to think about this, son. No, 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 I can do whatever I want now. And I was thinking, I'm going to party. I'm going to drink beer. Because you see, in Ireland, beer's the devil's vomit. I didn't realize that was okay for Christians over here in England. Jesus turned the water into wine. The Irish church has been trying to change it back ever since. That's the problem. <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> I thought I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Don't you know the Holy Spirit hits anointing and annoying? I don't even know what it is sometimes. And it was like he asked me that question. Who do you say I am? And I realized that was a test for me. That was a test for me. That was a test whether I was going to yield the temptation and just go ahead and do my thing or would I be true to what God had called me to do in my life. And listen, my friend, your call's too great to compromise it. Your, your call is immense. I mean, the things that God wants you to do, they're huge. I mean, the things that God wants you to accomplish, massive. So don't allow yourself to be distracted. Confess the greatness of God. Sometimes when you're in those moments, you just say, Jesus is Lord. And you say it openly, and you verbalize it, and you say it with conviction. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus yeah. is the Lord of my life. Yeah. Jesus is the Lord of my life. I find this helps when I'm driving and there's some annoying fella <laughs> beside me. And I'm about to take my fist and shake it and I say, Jesus is Lord. God bless you. <laughs> Can't even get mad anymore. Let's go to another one. Can you give me a few more minutes? Yeah, it's great. What a, who do you say I am when you feel disappointed and discouraged? Eh? Mm. You ever been there? Who, who do you say I am when you're just really discouraged by stuff, maybe stuff that has happened? You know, that's the thing. You didn't choose the circumstances. If we'd, I mean, if we'd all got a choice about, the mean, about where we would be born and how we would be brought up, we'd all be members of the royal family, the whole lot of us, wouldn't we? Most of us would. Well, I mean, I think that I would have chosen something a bit better. I would not have chosen the west of Belfast, in the height of the Northern Irish Troubles, where it was such a rough area as even the dogs walked about in twos. <laughs> where it was regular thing to hear guns being shot. Sometimes the bombs would explode so loud they would smash all the windows in our home. That's where I was born. That's where I was brought up. And then I came to England. And, and the first couple of years, God was dealing with old victim mindset. It's not fair. Other people have had better opportunities than you. And there was this little attitude that came across, little rebellious Irish attitude, that it's not fair, it's not fair that I wasn't given these opportunities. And then I learned the secret, that you can either play the victim card, 
Or you can take your story and turn it into your ace card and use your story as a means of glorifying God so that your life exudes the praise of our amazing God. So he sees your story. People see your story and they say, look what the Lord has done. Look at how God has used you. Look at how God has used your life to do significant things. When you feel disappointed and discouraged, let's go on. I think there's two more and then we're done. When you're facing decisions, who do you say I am? How, how do, is, can I ask you a question, Christian? And I know I can ask this here because um, I'm here and gone. And then Pastor Dan takes all the rap afterwards. <laughs> but can I ask you a question? You see when you get some big decision in your life, where does God feature in all that? Oh, I'll pray about it. Oh, I'll pray about it. But then half the time we don't even do that. So you get some opportunity. I, I say this to people all the time. You know, we've got a lot of students in our church, and when we get these students, and I'll, I'll say to them, now, you need to give me an absolutely amazing reason why you, you're going you're gonna to go off to London. London. Because we've got students in there. They've got jobs in Morgan Stanley and Grant Thornton and all these big financial companies. And then they go, and they're miserable. I mean, they're earning a whack of money. But they're absolutely miserable. Whereas in church, they had community and family. Okay, it wasn't perfect, mainly because I'm the pastor of the thing. <laughs> but I mean, they had family. There's the, you don't have all the money in the world, but if you don't have family around you, what's the so point? So you don't have some people you can do life with. What's the point? Yeah. And, and this is a great church. Yeah. 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 This is a, you got Pastor Dan Hargreaves. <laughs> This is a man who's so positive he makes Joel Osteen look like a manic depressive. <laughs> I mean, this is a great, this is a great church, isn't it? A live church is a great church. You've got to give me a brilliant reason why you wouldn't want to be a part of that. This is fantastic. Okay, it's got its quirks and flaws. Like every family has the interesting member. <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic. You know, it's, like, it's like Christmas time, doesn't it? With Christmas, we love getting together. We love the idea of getting together with family until you get together with family. And then you realize it's not called Boxing Day for no reason, isn't it? <laughs> You're facing decisions. Who do you say I am? Here's the final one, then we're done. When you get offended, I thought I'd leave that one to the end. <laughs> Just in case anybody's been offended by my message tonight. <laughs> Who do you say I am when you get really offended? The thing about offense is that most of the time, it's not intended. That's the point. It's thoughtless. It's, we all say thoughtless things sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's insensitivity. Very rarely is offense an utterly intentional thing. Most of the time, it's just we're idiots. We could have been a bit more gracious. And that needs a bit of grace then to soothe over that and help me to get better. But when you get offended, who do you say I am? A lot of Christians hold on to offense. And they just hold on to it. And then it becomes the narrative of their life. Problem is it's a false narrative. It's not the narrative that God wants to be the narrative. His God is wanting you to be positive and outward looking and, and go-getting and, and getting a great building. Here in, in Highcombe, and 
all the other locations of a life church. And he wants you to do amazing things. But, but what's, what's emerging in every conversation is, yeah, but this person hurt me or, or that hurt. And, and you could go on. But like I said earlier on, you can play the victim card, but nobody ever wins the blame game. It's an unwinnable game. And when you get offended, who do you say I am? I'll finish with a story. An old fellow called Ray McCauley, who's a pastor of Rayma Church in South Africa. He's an older man now, but he was Mr. Universe many years ago. Big, tough man. He was speaking at a conference in America. I think it was maybe in Chicago, somewhere like that, which is a bit of a rough city. And he finished speaking at the conference a beautiful message on the grace of God. Oh, it was beautiful. And then he said to his host, look, I want to I go for a walk. I'll walk back to my hotel. It was a couple of blocks down the street. I'll just go and get a bit of fresh air, maybe get a drink on the way, go, go back to the hotel. And he's walking back to his hotel. And as he's walking back, this little drunk guy jumps out, out of nowhere, cantankerous little fella. And he's shouting all kinds of abuse at Ray for no reason whatsoever, talking about his family. Your family's this. I mean, that's, that really hurts when people say that. And Ray's trying, you know, he may, Ray's Mr. Muscle. This, this guy's, like, not got, an, not got any muscles. Uh, the little people seem to have the biggest mouths. Have you ever noticed that? And, and Ray's sort of, I can deal with this. I can deal with this. And he's walking down. The guy's not stopping. And then, and then Ray cracks. And he turns around to the little guy and he picks him up with his left hand. And he draws up his right hand to knock him into kingdom come. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him. How many of you know that's always a very good thing for the Holy Spirit to speak to you just before you're about to punch somebody? How many of you know that? <laughs> and the Holy Spirit spoke to Ray. And the Holy Spirit said, hey, Ray, um, remember, the only difference between you and him is me. And then Ray set the little guy down. The little guy's going for it. Ah, you couldn't hit me, could you? You're afraid, aren't you? Ray's like, grace had just overcome Ray. Yeah, I'll give him the win. Sometimes grace says, you can have your day, but I'm going to lean into God's yeah. grace. Yeah. When you get offended, who do you say I am? You're the Christ, Peter said. The son of the living God. And I think that that's a question that the Lord would want to ask for a lot of us tonight. You've listened wonderfully well. How long have I spoken for, by the way? Oh, two minutes. Mate. Two minutes. Feels like five minutes. Feels like five minutes, does it? I really like you. I'm you. Did I tell you you've got a great pastor here? Did I tell you that? Well, you've listened wonderfully well. And I don't want to over-egg this because I feel like that's where we need to stop. Who do you say I am? Now, I'm going to do two things. Number one, I'm going to give some folks the opportunity because my voice, you can hear it's going now, can't you? So I got there, but I'm not finished quite yet. Yeah. Two things. Number one, I'm going to give some folks the opportunity to invite Jesus to come into your heart. And, and what's going to happen is I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment. I'd love to include you in it. I'm not going to embarrass anybody or bring anybody out to the front. I'm just <laughs> going to pray a prayer. And if you'd like to open your heart and receive God's forgiveness, I mean, who would want to refuse an offer like that? Tell me. <laughs> You'd have to be a complete idiot <laughs> to refuse that. You can walk out of those doors tonight utterly forgiven. What's the cost? Jesus paid it. Yeah. It's the most expensive free gift you'll ever get. Cost God everything. Cost you nothing. Just got to follow him. 
So I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer in a moment. I'd love to include you in the prayer. I'm not going to embarrass anybody because we're not into that here at a live church. I'd love to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. So that's the first thing I'm going to do. And then the second thing, I'm going to pray generally for all the Christians. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Will you close your eyes and we'll do a bit of business just for a couple of minutes in the presence of God. Let's go to that first thing that I mentioned. As our eyes are closed, our heads are bowed, and the presence of God is very strongly in this place tonight. I really sense it. I actually really sense it. 